Now this is the problem. Oh, yeah. ah. Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Herspiration Happy Hour. This is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. And Cortina Peters is... Oh, uh, look, y'all, she's working on her dissertation. And then we have a guest co-host in her Woo! place. Yes, my fellow, 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 dear sister, friend, and journalist, media, actress, I mean, all kind of things, Tammy Reese. And then we also have uh, uh, Louisa. So um, because our co-host does so much, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So, and before we get to our drink for today from Louisa, Tammy, introduce yourself, please. Thank you so much, Dr. Penn, for having me here. Herspiration, happy hour. I am Dr. Penn's biggest fan. I claimed it. <laughs> That's what I am. But I'm also, I'm an actress, a writer, director, journalist, publicist. I love everything in entertainment and media. My business brand is called Visionary Minds, Public Relations and Media. My personal brand is Tammy Reese Media, and it's an honor to be here. It's always an honor to be in your presence, Dr. Pam. Thank you. Louisa, what are we sipping on today? Today, we are sipping on, oh my gosh, I forgot to write the name of the cocktail, but it's a good cocktail. (laughs) Go for it. Look, it was one of these days. I'm, I'm gonna come back with the name. But the, the cocktail you need all the, the measurements for all of this is 0.5 ounces of lime juice, simple syrup, Midori triple sec, gin, vodka, white rum, and tequila blanco. So um, you combine all these ingredients until into a, a shaker and fill it with ice and give it about 15 to 20 hard shakes. And you get a cocktail glass and add fresh ice, stream it over the ice, and garnish with a lime wedge and a maraschino cherry. And and I'm trying to think of what the name of that even would be. Yeah, give me a second, because I don't know why I didn't write that down. <laughs> no, look at here. Look at here. I, it's it's okay. I half the time right now, I it took me a lot to remember today was Wednesday. Because I am six hours ahead. Look, y'all, I am podcasting all the way from Botswana. I know, Kasani, Botswana, South South Africa. And let me tell you, this has been, I've I've gone live a few times. I've been posting. uh, It's just been such an experience. But today was an experience I I was not prepared for at all, period. Not all, not not at all. I don't so, think it would be, but the, I I have the name, you guys. It's actually called oh. Tokyo Tea or Tokyo Ice Tea. Tokyo Ice Tea. Oh, Tokyo Tea. Okay, I'm over here because I'm drinking I'm, iced tea, but it ain't Tokyo. It's Tammy Ice Tea. It's Tammy Ice Tea. So I'm drinking, I am at least drinking decaf coffee because I, I know I need to go to sleep. It's like one, it's one Oh three in the morning, my time. So yeah. I'm, oh my God. I'm six hours ahead, but I want to, I, I want to talk about just the experience here um, really quick about my day. So uh, I've, this is not my first time in Africa. I've been, to, I've been to on the continent quite a few times. I've been to a couple of different countries and I've been t- on a couple of safaris. This today, y'all, if you follow me on Instagram, you have to go to I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y, just like you see it right here. If you are listening, I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y, you can go back and look at my lives that I've done. And in the, the my safari, I was showing elephants and giraffes. Well, no, I don't think I showed giraffes. Then I'm gonna have to remember what I what I what I was over there because I was I was just live, and I saw something that hit me to shook me to the core, and I don't even know how to act because one it was it was gruesome but not gruesome, calm but 
it was too calm, but you got the, I got to see what most people would see on National Geographic. So I'm gonna see if I can share this video that I took today. It's about a minute and four. I can try to zip through it, but y'all, I'm, I'm, this is let, crazy. Let us see all this wonderful, I I lovely nature. I, I'm glad you're drinking. You might want to grab a drink. So <laughs> let me show you this. Okay, so. Okay, so let me preface this. This is unedited. You so you're gonna hear me talking, and you're gonna hear a bunch of different things. So let me just go back to set up. I listen. I'm like, oh no. Let me just say that this is raw. This is exactly what transpired. Where's the baby? In the middle. Okay. Oh my god, So, wow. Yeah. I'm speechless. Oh my gosh, I'm so speechless because it's like no one came back to help the baby. Like, oh no, they didn't know. They was gone. Okay. And, and it, the video is a lot longer than that. I cropped it for this. Um, the whole time, if you recognize, did you see the one paw on the, on the, from the, the lioness, the one paw, she plays one paw on the, on the baby as if it's just like, just, just stop. Make it over. Ain't no reason to even fight this. And that same one kept her hand there the whole time. The other one was making sure that she, that they killed it. But even though it wasn't like they shredded it, it was just like they grabbed it by the jugular and was, you know, and this took place. This, I have filming way after this was going on. So this whole thing from beginning to end is a lot longer than what I actually showed. And, and I'm just in awe. Like the whole video, I think it's like almost four minutes long, but we were standing long before I was, I was actually on live, got off live and then was recording i can't imagine you seeing that in person because i'm like my stomach turned <laughs> just watching that video like poor thing like can you just imagine like oh my gosh like animals they're not people but they're still like living breathing mammals with feelings and lives and family you know that's oh my lord yeah and then what, so what I, when I was talking earlier, they, so you can see them literally all going one way and they was, they had stopped literally coming out of the water. They stopped and it was like slow, slow, slow. And then you saw them flank, which means everybody's back was turned to make sure that nobody else would not, nothing else was coming to attack. So there was somebody on the left side, the right side, the front and the back. Um, and then literally as soon as the dominant one, I guess, who was in the front turned. They weren't turned good. That's when they actually attacked. So it was such a waiting game. And what I found out was that very rare do people have an opportunity to see that on a safari. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they're usually watching to make sure they're not being attacked. But they were, they, they were already on the hunt. No, you know what? We saw her sleep. We rode by her. There was oh, nothing. When we first, oh, yes, ma'am. I posted I posted something, I think, on Instagram um, of her sleeping. I, there was So there was two males. One female that we thought, it up being two females. That's the one who did the kill. Um, but there was two males who were asleep, which was odd, because they were sleeping on their backs. Lions were sleeping on their backs. It was two. Oh, and then there was a female. 
Yeah, there was a female. <laughs> well, there was a female under the tree, and we only we only saw one. It was great. So we was like, oh, okay. So we I only saw the movement of one, and it ended up being two that came out. So people was like, oh, it's two of them because we only saw. <sighs> but outside of that incident. Because I had my feel after that. I didn't care how many baboons, raccoons, whatever I saw. Not raccoons, literally. But, I mean, I we saw giraffes, elephants. Because so the they have four of the big five. Just four. Rhinos are almost extinct. So you won't see those um, other than in zoos. Because poachers. Mm. So it, it was such, it was, yeah. So although normally, y'all, I know we do WCWs, but be, I just had to share that experience because I had never yeah. in my life thought that I would see anything, anything like that at all. Well, it's so funny that you brought up chimpanzees and animals because actually my WCW uh, oh, has something to do that. with that. So let me tell you, well, since, let me just tell you real quick. She's a, um, her name is Jane Goodall. She um, was it was an English primatologist, mm -hmm. and so she was famous for um, the, being the first person to absorb. Um, I'm sorry, not absorb, observe <laughs> chimpanzees creating and using tools, uh, which is a trait that was thought to be distinctly only for us, for humans. And so that discovery of hers changed the way that we understood both animals and ourselves. And so. Okay. Uh, that was really cool. Her name is Jane Goodall, G-O-O-D-A-L. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know if anybody can see, but that's one of them. And they're so oh, wow. beautiful, but so vicious. So but you know what? Like Oddly, she, but she wasn't even vicious. Or they weren't. They, yes, they hunted the prey and they, they tracked it down. But honestly, in, in my eyes, they were they were more gentle than I expected. Yeah. I, I don't know why I, thought they, I expected them to rip them to, to shreds. Oh, that didn't got happen. You, got you. That didn't, you see more of what happened than what we saw. Well, if you watch yeah, National Geographic, the they really don't do that. What they do is go straight to, they just go straight for the neck. And so they usually don't rip it apart until they're getting ready to eat. Exactly. And it's crazy because us as humans, oh, yeah, the males eat first. We yeah. eat animals, obviously. Yeah, they're um, lazy asses eat. We cook them, but they don't. <laughs> they don't need though. to cook. They gonna eat them animals raw. They gonna do what they gotta do. They get their business done. Yeah, but the men eat first, so we would have never seen that anyway. But right, just the right. fact that the women, that the, the women are the hunters and the killers. And then the men eat. It, it's not ironic, but I'm not going to go there. But you know, that's, it's that's like that. It's, it's, look, it's like that because they actually do the protecting and they actually fight. They are the first to lose their lives. So it's like. Um, really? I saw them on their back sleeping. Yeah, no, they do. Oh, they, 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 they do. They don't do anything unless they have to, which is why the lionesses do the, they do the um, raising, they do the oh. hunting, they do all of that. Yeah. But if all they don't, you know. Not now. Yeah, you know, oh gosh, do. I know, I know. But you know what? So we have our guest here today, and I don't want to, you know, I see her down here. She's been here, but so I don't want to talk about this whole experience because, oh, trust me, we have time to talk about that. Uh, but also, just know that y'all, if I get cut off, it's because my internet here is a little shoddy and shady. So, uh, but I'll come back on as soon as I can. But in the interim, so I have two people here that can. <sighs> make yep, sure that yep, everything yep, is yep, good yep. yes yes so we have here author who's also an rn she's an author of children's books and and i'm gonna let her introduce herself we have erica basora how are you today hi. hello hello hi how are you hey. thank you so much for having me i'm so excited Yes, my oh, name is Erica Besora, and I am an RN. I actually work in the operating room. Um, first, I was a teacher. I used to, I used to teach fourth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then about seven years ago, went into the operating room um, as a resident and was an RN this whole entire time. So um, just really excited to be here and um, get to share with y'all. Oh, all right. All right. So what was the transi transition from RN? And even though you're still an RN, there's still a, that transition that happens when you say, I think I want to be a children's book author, not just any author, but a children's book author. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I absolutely loved reading when I was younger. Um, we actually had a public library across the street that I walked to in New York. And um, books were like my escape. And um, so I've always wanted to be a children's author. Never ever thought that I would be able to. I started um, trying when my daughter was first born about seven years ago and um, had some agents looking at it and never heard back from them. And then during COVID, had the chance to learn how to self-publish and was able to self-publish some of my books. And um, really it was, I've always loved writing. Uh, and one of my first books actually is about my moms. And so my girls have always had books surrounding them. Actually, my daughters read, um, their reading level is like above way above where, where it needs to be because of it. So they've always had books all around them. But one thing was I could never find books that reflected who they were and looked like them with characters that looked like them and also mm -hmm. books that had biblical principles. So those two areas I saw were missing and wanted to um, write books about those two topics and incorporate characters that my girls could relate to. Okay. Okay. Um, so what was it like after you wrote your first book, children's book? Like, I know the, trust me, I know there's a process because writing is one thing, illustration is another. So what was the thing that sparked to say, here's what I'm going to write about? So during the pandemic, um, I knew that everybody had a lot of fear. And I don't know if you can think back to that moment two years ago when everybody was home and our kids were, weren't able to go to school. And as an operating room nurse, I started to see the things that were happening behind the red line, which is where you know everybody comes across before they have surgery, was actually coming to the public. And that a lot of the knowledge that was coming out wasn't totally factual. And the one thing that could help keep our kids safe from the coronavirus or any virus is washing their hands. And so that's how I came up with one of my first books that I self-published was Little Miss Wash Your Hands. And so this is it right here. And it really was to keep kids safe um, from what was going on during the pandemic so that they wouldn't be scared and to help parents learn about this one thing that they could do to help you know, beer off viruses and sickness, and it's to wash our hands. And so it's a real cool little book that has um, a song that goes along with it. And Little Miss washes her hands. She loves to do handstands. And I also did a boy version because I feel like boys are left out. And so I wanted to do a boy version. This one is Little Man Wash Your Hands. And that's really how I came up with my first book was just the pandemic, trying to find a way to to ease fears of kids and their parents, and even for myself with my own girls, making sure that we have that knowledge to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. You're muted, Pam. <laughs> Thank you. So look at here. You're welcome. <laughs> so during the pandemic, I know you can see my mouth moving, but I'm not saying anything. So during the pandemic, when you mm -hmm. decided about hand washing, yeah, um, did you feel like that was going to be it? Or did you feel like, let me just continue to expand and because there's a need? There, I wanted to expand because I knew there was a need. Uh, one th I used to also be a media specialist. So when I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I was a media specialist. So I knew that the need for multicultural books with multicultural characters as well. So that's why I just continued writing. And it's because I had the time. I mean, I would, I was still going to work. I was one of the people that couldn't stay home. But because I had the time and learned this skill, I just kept it going. And so I wrote my hero wears a mask, so that kids wouldn't be scared about how, you know, putting on a mask and all the different types of heroes that wear masks. Um, I know that there it's controversial. Some people want to wear masks, some people don't, but in the operating room, we always have to wear masks to keep our patients safe and ourselves, and firefighters have to wear masks, so that's where that book came about. Um, I also learned how to write journals, and writing a journal just helped me to heal. Um, my first journal was um, a tribute to my loved one, so this is for someone who loses someone in their life, and just 
um, how to start healing through writing and just answering a question each day about that person's life and just remembering them and celebrating them. So it helps me in so many different ways to just keep writing and to keep publishing. Um, I have like I have seven children's books, two journals. Um, I created my own self-publishing agency now too to help others. And I just, I love it. It's something, I'm a creative. I, I love nursing and I love the operating room, but I'm also have this creative juice <laughs> that I need to release. And I, I feel like the world needs to hear our stories, everyone's story, and that everyone has something that they can even write about that you're, you can relate to. And for me, um, that's really what keeps me going. I think just um, having these ideas and seeing them come to life and having kids enjoy them and even adults with, when it comes to the journals. Mm -hmm. Wow, Erica, you are so inspirational. I'm listening. <laughs> you are so beautiful, so talented, so Thank creative. You. And what you Thank do you. makes an impact and has true influence. Um, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I guess I'll start with um, being in the medical field. During the pandemic, how was it for you? And what was the motivation to stay with it when so many people um, could not handle it anymore? Really, it was. Um, so I work in the operating room and it was shut down for about a month. Um, so we had no surgeries. And in that, that point in time, I uh, became a clinician. So I actually helped to teach other nurses. My residents um, were with me during that time. So um, really, it, there was a lot of fear around that. There was a lot of unknowns. But we also kept up with the CDC. We have the basics, the knowledge of how to protect ourselves. And we knew that we had to continue to help others and help our community. So a lot of us were spread out. We, um, when the operating room was closed, we were sent to other um, departments to help facilitate and to help um, relieve other nurses who had to work like in the ICU or the ER to help these patients that had COVID. Um, and for me, at first I was very fearful, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but my faith and, um, my trust in the Lord kind of gave me that base of there. Do not fear you. You're good. <laughs> and I brought that with me at work too. And I think there just came to a moment where I just, you know, it was faith over fear and I just continued on um, doing what I needed to do to, to be a part of the, the solution. And uh, I know the media is going to say what they're going to say. Uh, we saw a lot of COVID patients in my own hospital and it was the, the rates were high, um, but I think my hospital system uh, responded very well to that. Kept the the um, the employees safe and the patients. So um, I think to answer your question, it really was my faith that kept me grounded and um, the support really of my family, my coworkers, all of that. Thank you for your service and, and sticking with it and doing this influential work that people needed, um, that people appreciated. Um, I want to talk about your journals um, that's dedicated to loss of a loved one you were talking about earlier. Um, mm -hmm. I lost my mom in 2020 and I'm still unable to write about her. It's really hard and I'm a, a seasoned writer, um, but that particular subject is hard. What advice would you give to people who want to talk about a loved one that they lost and want to celebrate them, but it's hard to even start when you have so much to say? Yeah, um, for me, uh, my stepmom, I lost her um, before I could publish anything. And she was my uh, cheerleader. She read um, my first drafts. Um, she always was encouraging. We would always have the Wednesday calls. Um, and she passed away with cancer. And I was devastated. I really was. Um, it took me like a good year um, to just kind of begin to heal. Um, but for me, writing was healing. And it might not, I think everybody's journey is different. Let me just say that. Yeah. And, you know, work might give you five days to grieve, but we all grieve at different paces and different ways. Um, but I think that with, for me personally, writing it out really helped me to heal. Um, and so this journal came out from that. So while I was waiting for my children's book to be published, I also learned how to do the journals and, um, it just, 
I really don't promote this, to be honest. I haven't really posted it anywhere. I, I normally get them to give to someone. So anytime someone loses someone in their lives, I end up gifting them this. And um, it's just a way for me to say, you know, I, I don't know what else I could say to, to help you right now, but I know I've been where you are. And here is a resource to, to take you, for, you know, each day to have you reflect on this person that you love so much and um, keep their memory alive. And so um, I think, so to answer your question, just short, it, every person grieves differently. And I think that writing is a way of healing. So it certainly is. Now, these amazing children books. I'm a mom, so I'm jumping for joy. Mm -hmm. Is there any more in production or how can we be on the lookout and how can people obtain the books that's already out? Yes. So um, I have a couple that are really um, based just for moms. So this one um, is actually about my mom who passed and both my moms. It's called My Mom of Proverbs 31 Women. And all the moms here are like resemble someone in my life who is a Proverbs 31 woman. And so even some of my family members, when they pick up the book, they're like, oh, I know who this is. I think I know who that is. So um, that's really dedicated for moms. And um, and then I have this one, I promise to always hold your hand. And that one uh, just is based on my girls, just remembering when I first learned that I was going to have them, how I always promise to hold their hand from every stage of their life. And so those are my mom books, I can say. Uh, but the new book that's coming out that I'm super excited about is coming out in the middle of October, right before I go speak at um, a Georgia Council's annual conference is Little Miss Goes to Surgery. So now kids can have a book to know what it's going to be like um, on their surgery day so that they're not scared and fearful. So everything kind of comes together um, with this next book for me, my uh, nursing career, my education, and just my love for children and making sure that they feel um, confident, safe, and courageous in moments like that. So that, And then um, they can find my books on, on Amazon. And also at that's lovepublishing.com. Wow, you are just so wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Keep up the amazing now, work. Now let's um go back a little bit because you're uh, um a nurse in the operating room, yes. which is a very big and is a very big position, a very wonderful position, but you're also or you used to be a teacher. How could you uh, share with us how that happened, how the process went, which direction you went first? Like, can you explain their journey to us? Oh, yes, I can. Um, so I was 16 and I wanted to be a doctor and I shadowed a pediatrician who showed me a book of like all these um diseases. And she said that I would have to work with a corpse. And I did not want to do that at 16. So I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going that route. I'm just going to go into education and teach. And so I did that for a while. And I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, but then I went into the operating room with my cousin who had her son. And so I got to see a C-section. I was like, oh, no, this is what I want to do. And so I went back to school and um, went to nursing school in University of Central Florida. And uh, when I got into my clinicals, I had two days in the operating room. And so I saw a young girl have a craniotomy. Um, and so that was amazing to me as well. And so I knew I wanted to end up in the operating room, ended up in Atlanta, Georgia, um, got a residency with the hospital system that I'm with. And that's really how that occurred. I, I just love the medical field, went into that. And actually my education and my nursing have come together because I became a clinician, which helps to educate the staff. And now I'm a clinical development specialist. So I work with quality and education and help to orient the, um, the new staff. And I talk to residents and help with um, the processes and things like that. So I am still, um, I'm still teaching and doing nursing at the same time. So, yes. That's a lot going on, especially <laughs> um, emergency, I'm just saying emergency room. I tell you what I saw. Um, well, I didn't see a C-section. I saw a vaginal birth and that was enough for me to say that's not what I want to do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that and not have kids. I'm like, OK, I don't care. They, they got to if they have to come out that way. No, I'm going to leave right. that alone. 
so yeah you know you can't you can't spit them up you you know so no I'm like nah that's okay um so how do your how do your girls feel about your books so do they do they give you any critiques or criticisms about your books um so my youngest ava she loves to read my books she's always my she's my first critic i can say and my editor so um i'm always giving her my books and saying hey what do you think about this and what about how does this illustration look do you think it looks good and do you think kids would relate to this so she's um she's been the one that really has taken a liking to doing the whole process with me um my oldest she is an artist and i've tried to get her to illustrate for me but she won't but maybe one day she will um but i think they both are just like oh that's mom she's doing her thing she loves doing she they, i don't think they really realize all that comes comes along with it i think they just see me doing it and say uh oh so mom when's your next book coming out or like, yeah like it's like a i don't know a common thing is <laughs> but it's not and um uh i just I, i'm really proud to be able to do this um i, I didn't get to share this but i'm a first language learner um, when I was younger, I spoke Spanish. And so my first language is my first language is Spanish. And so it was real difficult for me in school. So I never, ever thought I would be a writer. Never, ever. Um, so it's been a, it's a huge accomplishment for me. Um, and being Hispanic Heritage Month, I also think it's really important to have bilingual books. And so I've been working on that. I have one of my books um, in Spanish right now and Little Miss um, and Little Man. Uh, going to surgery will also be in Spanish. So, um, oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love it. And you know me, I'm, I'm such a proponent for representation. I think representation really matters. And, and, and so I agree. I think having multilingual books or bilingual books are something great. Uh, I mean, and, and I, cause mine are in English, French and Spanish. So awesome. I, yeah. I love what you are doing and, and, transitioning to your native language because if you go to as as an author when you start going into the schools and I don't know if you have like to a literacy night not into a classroom but where you're interacting with parents you'll come to find out that as the the Hispanic parents that walk they just keep walking because all the books are in English Mm -hmm. And wow. I was so blessed that they just they stopped at my table because they would they thought they was gonna walk by and then they would look and they was like, oh, it's something I can identify with. Right. So, so representation has just as much to do with color of skin as, you know, as language. Yes, it does. And French, yeah. wow, that's great. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't understand it. <laughs> well, you know, me either. I, I took French in high school and I can't speak it now. That's what translators are for. But I think when it comes to um, black and brown culture, Typically, you'll find more um, English, French, and Spanish. Yes, in the in the language. So, you are will you always? Do you think you'll always publish multilingual books or dual-lingual books? I think I will, just because of what you just stated. Um, literacy in the Hispanic community and in particular is low. And um, in order to increase that, you need to have books that they can that kids can read. And um, so if we want to increase literacy, we need to increase the opportunity to read and uh, having good content, great characters with um, great plots that those kids need that as well. And so I think I'm always going to end up publishing my books in both languages, at least for now. And then um, let's see in the future if, if it becomes, um, you know, if it's gets real popular trying other languages um, in the future. So we'll see, I've just, it's been about a year and a half now. So um, since I started publishing, so I'm very fairly new. I feel like I'm a baby at doing this. So we'll see what the future has to hold. And I, I, I'm so appreciative to have gotten to get to know you in Atlanta and having this opportunity because this is my very first uh, podcast. So <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it will not be your last. Oh, um, and then you know, and, and and the literacy. I want to go back to what you said about the literacy in your in your community. Um, that is very important. If children or parents cannot read what is out there, they're not going to push for their children to read. Um, right. If they can't understand and find it interesting, like you like um, Pam said, they'll walk past the table. So it is important to have those uh, different languages. And in and here in the states, we have a lot of languages. But Spanish is very big in this country. 
um, English and, and, you know, we have so many different other cultures, but we definitely have Spanish. And I think uh, especially children's books should have the dual language because a lot of parents read to their children. They will read to their children if they're able to understand the language. Or also like, um, I know that every child has to take uh, a language in high school and a lot of times it starts in middle school or middle school now yeah um actually yeah my daughter's taking latin she decided to take latin instead instead of spanish so we'll see um uh, but uh (laughs) I, i they also need to read books i think that you get to learn a language faster if you have books that um that's true they can relate to as well so yeah i think think it's a really good opportunity for many authors out there to to think about uh, publishing in multi-languages, yeah. Or I would say, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tan. I was just about to say, hold that thought. I, would, I was going to say, the one thing that I did learn when I decided I would learn Spanish, one of the things that I did, and I, I still do it now to refresh it, mm-hmm. I just read kids' books. See? Yeah. Mm. I read children's books. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. And a lot of times, um, you know, teachers don't have enough time to teach social studies or science. So they'll use literature during their reading time to teach those concepts. So they're using books, right, to teach about history lessons and um, science lessons. So that that's an opportunity there as well. And I and then a lot of my books are health literacy. So they fall in that health literacy umbrella. And so they don't have a lot of time in the school system to, to teach those things. So they'll teach them through reading and through books. So yeah. Tammy, you had a question. Yes, Erica, earlier you gave us a fun fact that Spanish was your first language. What other hidden fun facts about yourself you can share with us that people may not know? Hidden facts. Oh, goodness. Um, hmm. Well, I love playing sports. I love playing volleyball. So um, that might be a hidden fact. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. I'm pretty a uh, pretty open book. Um, hmm. I'll have to think about that maybe just a little bit more. Volleyball, though. Yeah. Yes. Of all sports, volleyball. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm short. And I'm short, but I'm a setter. And both my girls play. Actually, my oldest is, was on a national team this past year. Um, so hopefully oh, she'll really continue. Cool. I hope that they continue to love the sport because then I can go watch it. Um, but, yes. So I, I'm just – I think another hidden fact is that I'm just a creative. So I want to learn how to do the, like the podcast thing. Uh, I just, um, I just, I want to learn it all, but you know, you only have so much time in the, in the day. And um, so, yeah. I, you can do I, that. It doesn't take much time. It doesn't. Okay. <laughs> um, and then actually, I guess another hidden fact is I'm working on a challenge right now. So I want to teach others how to write their own cookbook before the holidays. So I'm looking to release that free book challenge here soon. Um, just to get people, um, I, I, I see a lot of people who have recipes that their grandmothers have made them over the years, and then that gets kind of lost if you don't write them down. So um, maybe just encouraging individuals to, to get to writing their their own cookbooks. So that, that might be a hidden fact. Nice, thank yeah. you. So do you like to cook then? I'm sure you must like to cook. I like to cook, but usually I cook from a recipe book. Do you, you know, oh. I, need, I need a book in my hand. I might do like some Pinterest things. Um, so yes, I do. I love cooking. Uh, I like to be cooked for as well. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh my cousins and my mom, they just like, I feel like they blow it out of the water and my sister. So, um, and all that is, I asked them like, how, like, what did you do? What did you put in? Oh, I put a pinch of this and a little bit of that. And so <laughs> I can't ever duplicate it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm the recipe person. I go by the recipe book. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So let me ask you this. If, if, because children's books that have representation, is so vital for our community. Um, what would be three tips that you would give to someone who decide may be on the fence about writing a children's book? Number one, don't be fearful, and that 
if that that y'all are going to make a mistake. There is so many communities that you can be a part of, so many people that will help you um, to be successful. So don't be fearful. Number two, get started. Just get started. Write down your thoughts, write down your ideas. Um, I promise to always hold your hand. I wrote this in 15 minutes. I was working out, had an idea, and I just started typing in my iPhone, just went at it. Um, So just any idea you have, just go ahead and write it down. Give yourself maybe uh, 15 minutes a day or even three times a week just to write those ideas down. Um, So just get started. And the third tip is find yourself a really good publisher that's going to help you through the process, at least the first time. I think that um, my first time, the the people that I chose, I didn't have such a great experience, but I learned from it. Um, But if you have a publisher that's going to really support you, Um, you can learn how to do this very easily and um, be successful and continue to publish in the future. So I think those are the three tips I would give. What tips would you give? Oh, (laughs) good question. I was I was not ready for that. First of all, I was I was not ready. First, it's like 1:41 in the morning, and my brain cells are like, you know. But what? But you know what? I think I think honestly, um, some the tips you gave are great. I would also say that realize that when you are when you decide to write children's books that represent who you are as a person i don't care what color you are Mm -hmm. understand the demographic that you're writing for and the change that it can make i chose to write from based off of my experience and i always say i can only write for me so my children are geared towards people and children that look like me uh, because i didn't have those books when i was growing up that's so that's the first thing is be intentional about the audience that you choose to serve. Um, the second thing I would say is be prepared for the work because writing it is one thing. But when you time to illustrate, that's a whole nother thing that I feel like it was easier to write than illustrate or right. to write for my illustrator to take what I had written and what I envision and create it. Uh, so that's homework by itself. So I, I think be prepared for the work that's involved. Uh, and, and illustration, I will say, is one thing. Format, there's a there's a lot of different things that come with writing books, period. But it's something about children's books that hit a little different. <laughs> yeah. And I write for adult and children, so I know it just hits a little different. The last thing that I would say is just do it. You know, yeah. just, just do it because there's so many people and that ask me all the time, I want to write a book, but what do, where do I start? And I always say, just write, just start writing. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't care if you write it on a napkin. I don't care if you write it on your phone, just write. If you are not comfortable writing, then, you know, I use my phone. I'm like, I drive in my car and I get thoughts and I'm like, Ooh, that would make a good chapter. Good. Yeah. I, I would use usually use the, um, the, what is it? The, voice record and I literally record everything and then I transcribe it. Mm -hmm. I transcribe it. I might have to clean it up, but I'll transcribe it, transcribe it. And then I'll copy and paste that into a document. There's so many times. Oh yeah. There's so many times that I've already had three or four chapters just from verbalizing exactly how I feel. They might not be in sequential order. It's just, it's there Mm -hmm. though. So that's what I will say. That's good. (laughs) Those are good tips. (laughs) <laughs> and even children's books, you know, like you cranked out that children's book in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can take people a lifetime. Tammy, it you had a question? Does. Yes. Erica, with everything you do and even over the course of your career, what do you think is your ultimate purpose and what impact do you want to make in the lives of your audience? Um. Okay. My ultimate purpose is really to fulfill the calling that I have on my life um, that I feel that the Lord has led me um, to. And, and so I feel like that's my ultimate purpose. And in the midst of that, um, helping to spread light 
and to spread um, kindness and ideas through my own writing and helping others with their own writing. I think that's my ultimate purpose. Um, and, you know, nursing has a lot to do with compassion and um, helping others. So I get to do that daily with my nursing career. Um, but with my writing, that's a whole nother area that I can um, work and touch individuals and not just in my community, but I could even touch all over the world. And so um, I think that's my ultimate purpose really is to continue to share love and yes, and compassion. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, we thank you for coming by. I'm so thank excited you. for you and the future of your writing. And thank I hope we'll be seeing I'll be seeing you soon and in, in 2023 at some point. Yes. Um, but as you have your books come out, definitely make sure you come back on so that we can celebrate you and promote you on our platform. So do you have so let everybody know once again where they can follow you, where they can connect with you, where they can purchase your books. Okay. Um, you can follow me at That's Love Publishing. And um, that's my Instagram, my Facebook, as well as www.thatslovepublishing.com. You can purchase my books on that website, as well as on Amazon. And I have Little Miss uh, Goes to Surgery coming out later in October. So please keep your eyes out for that. I would love your support. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. No problem. Well, uh, congratulations again on all of all of your books, because that's quite a bit and your journals. And I love that you're making a journal for those people who absolutely need it and to get in touch with who they are, because journaling is so important for I always say it's great therapy for mental health to just get get those things that's off your chest and out your mind and out of your, you know, out of your way. And then I think sometimes you can always see your growth when you go back and, and see what you've written and how far you've come. So yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. And I thank look you. forward to seeing you again to celebrate you. Thank you. It was so nice meeting you, Tammy. Thank so you nice so much. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Oh, she was so amazing. Oh Absolutely. Yes, it was, it was great. Oh, oh my God. I know. I know, I know. Oh my goodness gracious. So just, you know, when it comes to just motivation, the one thing I do lo I love about what she's doing is it's always going to be relevant. Hand washing. Yes, always that's be true. Relevant. That's been and forever. In, but you, the only thing that I was like, you know, you have to tell kids to wash their hands when you have to tell adults to. Yep. It's something bigger wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, we see it all the time. I, I've been in a restroom and I'm washing my hands and people just come out the stall and just walk, walk right out. Like life a joke or something. <laughs> but what I love the most is her book about um, the kid getting surgery. I've never heard of a book like that. And that is so impactful. Just wow. Oh, yeah. So. And, and, and even though people think that, um, you know, why would somebody write a book about that for children because children that might scare them. I I'm truly believe that that's going to make a difference to help children understand that, oh, I'm having surgery. And so it was going to be great for those doctor's offices to be able to explain and help children understand yeah. what going through yeah. the process of surgery will be like. So I don't think that um, while I think it's really great for families, I really think it's going to be instrumental in medical facilities Absolutely. to help children connect with um, and understand the purpose of surgery, why they're going through surgery, the things that it's going to help. But it's also going to let them see that um, it's kind of safe, if that makes sense. I mean, no surgery no, is safe. I, but I understand what you mean, though. It gives yeah, them a okay. calmness. Yeah. <laughs> it gives them a calmness because they can see themselves. It, remember, representation is about children being able to see yeah. themselves. Like, look, mommy, daddy, yeah. look, they're having surgery, too. And, you know, so that, that will bring yeah. up the conversation. Yeah, I agree. Can relate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's, let me let me run up here to my, my friend here. What do you know? I'm talking to you, Tammy. Unmute. So what, what do you, because you do so much, I just, because people have no idea, you know, when I needed a guest co-host, I was like, immediately, I was like, hey, are you free? Because I could be unstable <laughs> appearance in, in Botswana. Uh, she was like, okay. 
so I, I want to. I, I want to also take the time to plug you because you are a remarkable, like absolutely remarkable woman. And, and I know you said everything that you've done and do, you know, but I think that's just like so surface. So I also want people to understand um, why you become who you are and all things that you do as actress. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've been, you've been in some plays and then journalists. So there has to be like, okay, where, who, where's this makeup of who you are come from? Earlier, I asked Erica what was her purpose. My purpose is to be a storyteller and to make an impact in people's lives from being a storyteller. If I was acting, writing, directing, being someone's publicist as a journalist, I'm constantly telling stories. And it's a purpose. If it's to promote someone's business, someone who's up and coming, who don't have the resources or the support to get their voices heard. Um, if I was directing or writing a, a video on bullying or racism, HIV, AIDS, suicide prevention, domestic violence. Everything I ever did in my career was for a purpose, to make an impact in someone else's life. So I truly feel I was divinely put on earth to make an impact from being a storyteller in different ways. Oh, wow. And I do what I do. And so where did the acting come from? Where did the acting yeah, book? Wow. It was <laughs> really ironic. My mom's favorite actress was Tamara Dobson. And she ended up naming me Tamara after her favorite actress, not knowing that I would eventually be put on the horror film, just love TV shows, love movies and say, mommy, I want to be an actress. She's like, okay, you really want to be an actress? I'm going to take you somewhere to audition. So it was a company that was here in um, Syracuse, New York called the Media Unit. I auditioned at 12 years old. I was in the company for eight years. We're doing 60 live stage shows a year, traveling. Wow. Performances on top of producing a weekly television show out of our public access TV station. That company ended up getting me a college scholarship to go to college, to um, study um, theater and um, media. Um, so it was just my mom saying, okay, you want to do this? Go see what, if you can do this. Wow, you can really do this. Wow. Like, wow. And who would have known? And she named me after her favorite actress. So I guess it just was divine intervention, something I really love to do. And acting was my first love. And a lot of people don't know that because they've met me during the pandemic and see that I'm into media. But yes, um, I was in the acting company for eight years. Awesome. Super awesome. So where can everybody connect with you, find you? I mean, you know, stay tap in. Uh, first of all, y'all, you looking for a di look, you're also if you're looking for a dynamic uh, media person to write some media media articles on you, that's your girl. So shout yourself out. Let them let them know where they can find you and connect with you. Yes. Timmy Reese Media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the main four. Timmy Reese Media. You can find me. I'm so here to help you promote your products, businesses, talents, get you some media features because I understand the importance of obtaining press. It's very important to gain more visibility and credibility and just keep yourself out there and relevant. So hit me up. I got you. All right. All right. And Louisa, where can people connect with you at? Uh, let me just say, okay, Tammy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find me at the Blue Phoenix Hills everywhere. Also, you know, this conversation was really flat for me because I've been sitting on two children's books for a couple of years. And yeah, don't make that face nice. of me. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, yeah, I have two children's books that I had started. I had the idea. I know what I want to write. I hadn't written it down, but I started writing it and I have not put it out. So I will uh, finish writing it and get it out there. Yeah, I was like, uh oh, oh. I look forward to it. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm. A, I'm going. You well, know. I, now I, that know I know you will. I know you will. Which is why I, said I know it because I'm, I need I'm, to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I am going to be your accountability partner in getting those children's books out in 2023, or unless you want to release them this year, I'll gladly shove you out the door oh. that way too. You know. Oh. Yes. Speaking of accountability, you and I at the PM gotta talk offline because I need you to be my accountability coach. I'm gonna talk to you. Oh, you know what? But you know I'm always your accountability. You know I'm yeah, always you, really a <laughs> you always a phone call. Take away. 
I know, I know. And people, I'm like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, don't call me unless you're absolutely ready to hear the truth. Right. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to deliver to you. Um, (laughs) Right. No, for real, Uh, for real. Yeah. So you can find me at right here. I am D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. Uh, If you want to be on the podcast, you know what? And I need to also check and make sure because one of the things I know we're filling up. So you can hit D-A-W entertainment.com backslash podcast. And I'm going to see who's next for next week. Who's on here. It's it's so weird. Like my, my phone is like really jacked up. Oh, 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 next week. Oh, next week we don't have a guest. Oh, wow. I blocked it. I blocked next week's uh, September 29th because we are going to be celebrating the, uh, you know, um, our co-host in her finishing her dissertation. Yes, yes, yes. And making the mark, yes, making the mark to cross over to be Dr. Cortina Peters. Dr. Peters. Well, Peter for a little bit, yeah. Okay, and you know what? Is she over here? Like, I, I really, I'm gonna bring her on here. I'm gonna make her um, live because I'm just, yeah, I'm gonna do this because hey. you're there. So she's here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So she's here, but she's not here because my the internet's unstable, and I had to keep it stable. So she's been here, but next week we're gonna celebrate you and finishing what has been long awaited just before yeah. your wedding. Yeah. Um, Cortina, Tammy, Tammy, Cortina. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, and when is when the big day? Oh, see, I'm frozen. I, I think I'm frozen. No, well, you are, but we can hear you. I am. You can hear me, but. Congratulations. Uh-oh. This is just so Thank you. Rules. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, it's tomorrow. So, tomorrow? yes. The actual dissertation is tomorrow, so that's what I've been. You've seen me in the background, but I've been working. Yeah, she's been doing work. She's been double timing, double timing work. Wow, I'm sure it was a fun, long process. How was it for you? I'm glad it's here. <laughs> glad it's here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you I'm glad. Oh, Pam, he's going. Oh, speaking of which, I keep forgetting. I forgot. Okay, so yesterday I took my final exam for level two of the transformative life coaching, and I 100% passed that test. Yeah. Oh my my God, teacher, yeah, he just get out sent the sent the score today, and I was shaking in my boots, even though I knew, and it was two oral exams and then the test. So I passed all three. I was like, woo. <laughs> All this amazing news. This is so just- all we sending all the goodness to you, Cortina. You're gonna do awesome. Yes, I'm actually uh trying to figure out where y'all are. Um, I put in the chat the actual product for Sex Unveiled if you want to see it or anything. Oh yeah, that's right, because I'm supposed to be talking about it. I'm gonna talk about it tonight. Yes. <laughs> so Got um, it. I, I think this is how you do this. I have no idea. Uh, I know um, Dr. Pam was trying to come back in, but it's definitely an honor to be here with you beautiful, amazing women. It's so great to continue to share stories of excellence and pushing through and accomplishments with people that look like us. I'm just so proud of everyone and just honored to be here with y'all. This just was such a fun show today. It really, really was. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, I think we have Dr. Pam back. No, I, I don't. I can't. Are at least here? I can't. Oh, you'll hear me. You just can't yeah. see me. We can yeah. hear you. We hear you. We can't see you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that's about. See, I took. I was just saying, I love you all. Thank you. My internet went out, but I mean, it's. I guess I'm here, but I'm not here. Um, but really quick, I just. Oh, so next week we're gonna be celebrating you. Yeah. Uh, you know and. I'm I'm grateful for you, ladies. I will be back home next week because I leave Friday. I get home Ooh. Saturday. Tammy, I thank you so so much for stepping in, and you know, and, and it's for this reason that you can't even see me at this point. But um, it lasted as long as long as it could, and I'm really grateful for all of you, ladies, because you know this is again season five. Um, if you want to be on the show, definitely hit us up. 
you know, we're slowly making changes for, for season six and we can't relate, can't wait to release those things in November. But, you know, if there's, is there anything anybody wants to say? Nope. Nobody have any last thing? Nope. Okay. Cause you can't just see me anyway. So gonna... Thank you to our viewers and our supporters. And we really appreciate you all. And thank you for coming with us every week and sticking with us, even through our break. We just really, really, really thank you guys. Definitely. So with that, you know what we say, ladies, uh, cheers and cheers. toast up. Cheers. cheers.